Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Well, in order for you and I to enter into the scriptures, we sometimes have to sit with things a little longer. So one of the great recommendations I give for people who want to get more out of Mass is if you read the Sunday readings prayerfully a couple times throughout the week, then when you come on Sunday, you're really entering into God speaking to the community, and you really, really receive a lot more out of the Mass. It's like going to a concert and never listening to the music ahead of time. You might like it, you might not, but you don't really know the lyrics, you're not really entering in. So it's a way of really entering more deeply. And if you sat with the gospel this week, a little bit longer than normal, something should have really bothered you. <clears throat> right? The idea that there's two groups, the chief priests and the scribes. Right? These are like professional religious people. First century Jewish men, but that time for usually just men, right, who were spending their whole life in temple worship and studying the theology of the day. Right? And that religious group, and then you have another group Jesus is talking about over here, tax collectors and prostitutes. And Jesus says, this group is getting into heaven first. Now you have to sit with that long enough for the honest human response to come out of us, which is, what? Right? Because this group we point fingers at and label, right? I mean, we can just be on it. That's the, they're dragging society down. This group is really hindering what it means to be a flourishing society. Right? They're the plagues of civilization. Right? This group over here, look how noble and righteous they look. Right? They talk about religious things all the time. And then you've got the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, the incarnate deity, the only begotten one, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, comes on the scene and says, oh yeah, this group's getting in first. And we go, what? What is he possibly talking about? Let me first say this. They are not getting into the kingdom first because they're tax collectors and prostitutes. Sin is sin. Right? It's not because they're doing sins that Jesus says, hey, sin more, it's gonna, you're going to get right in. You've got to avoid that logic because all of a sudden we might start justifying a few things. Right? And if you find yourself in this camp, you may be saying, I guess i got to go out and sin in order to get in. Not true. That would be false. Okay? So what is it about this group that Jesus says, oh, they're getting in first? What is it? What's going on with them? It all has to do with desire. See, tax collectors and prostitutes, they were in touch with what makes us human. What makes us human so distinctly is this longing for life. St. Augustine says, every human person desires to be seen, known, and loved. Pope St. John Paul II says, every desire of the human heart, every human heart's desire is to love and be loved as Jesus loves. Right? No one wakes up and says, I can't wait to be ignored today. Right? 
We know this in us. But what have we done with those desires? What Jesus sees in this group is they're in touch with this desire. They know they've got longings and desires and thirst and hunger for life, for love, for adventure, for meaning, for goodness, to be noticed and to not feel alone, but to be in friendship. They're in touch with it. They're taking it to the wrong place, but they're in touch with it. So often in false religious people, not authentic, false, hiding behind a lot of different things, there's been a repression or a shutting down or an annihilating of those longings. And sometimes it can come with very good motives. Uh, Father, if you knew where my desires took me, you wouldn't say for me to listen to them so much. Right? So sometimes it can come from very beautiful motives. But see, when Jesus is on the scene, He doesn't praise this move. And He sits with these people and says, I can work with this. When we don't have Jesus Christ, we're left with two options. Right? Indulge on the nearest thing possible and then end up dissatisfied and indulge again and dissatisfied and indulge again. Or avoid it, run from it, shut it down systematically the best we can. Those are the only two options we have unless there's a Jesus Christ. And what Jesus says is, come to me all you who are hungry and thirsty. Right? In the Gospel of John, the first question Jesus asks humanity is, what are you looking for? Or another translation, what are you seeking? The Gospel of Mark, blind Bartimaeus, he says, what do you want me to do for you? There's a man who's crippled at the pool of Siloam for 14 years. He says, do you really want to be well? Right? Jesus is constantly presupposing that we're in touch with our desires, our thirsts, our longings, our needs. Pope Francis simply calls them dreams. And yet so many people have numbed themselves. So many people are deadened and hiding it behind religious language. Authentic religion is good. It binds us to Jesus. Right? But oftentimes we can misuse it. It shouldn't be any surprise that Jesus is all about these hungers because when he shows up towards the end of his life, it's the Last Supper. And he says this phrase, I have greatly desired to share this with you. Isn't that beautiful? It's not just human desires. There's a divine desire for us. And what does he want to share with us? how he intends to remain physically present to humanity through the church, the Eucharist. And he institutes food and drink for those who are hungry and thirsty. Jesus never condemns someone with a hungry heart. He has mercy on them. But he says, listen, I know you're hungry, you're just going to the wrong place. One theologian puts it this way. He says, when you see a homeless person eating out of a dumpster, you don't yell at him for being hungry. You say, hey, how about we get you some food that corresponds to the hunger? 
Similarly, the tax collectors and prostitutes, right? Tax collectors were stealing money, lining their pockets, more money, more power, more influence, more pleasure. Due to the age differences here, parents, you can deal with the second group, but I'll just take with the tax collectors. Right? Pleasure is not the evil. It's where we go for the ultimate pleasure, for the ultimate fulfillment. And that's what Jesus came to do, was he came to awaken in our hearts our longings and then to heal them. Because our longings at first glance, at first experience, take us to things that are going to hurt us. So he says, listen, the longing isn't bad. I want you to come to me and I want to heal that longing. I want to reorder it so that what you really desire is the very things that correspond to your fulfillment. And so when you think about the life we desire, when we think about the life we really want, it's kind of vague, right? You don't have to be ashamed that you're like, I, I kind of want this thing and I don't know how to, that's normal. <laughs> we know that some things about it, right? We know that we don't want just a little pleasure, we want pleasure that never ends and never gets old. On a Friday night out with friends in the fall bonfire, perfect reason to live in Cleveland, you got a nice fall beer, you're laughing with your friends, you don't want the night to end. It's a great night. Right? But then you start saying to yourself, well, that's weird. Every Friday night ends. Why would I even have that kind of desire? It's because your heart is meant for a good, pleasurable thing that never ends. Right? You ever been eating an amazing meal and you get sad when it's over? You're not crazy. It's because you're meant for a banquet that's full of rich flavors and goodness and joy that never ends. Our hearts are not dumb. They're prophetic. But without Jesus, we'll never make sense of them. Jesus came to show us what are those desires really looking for. And that mysterious thing we're looking for, the Bible puts words on it. The Bible calls it eternal life. Now, this is the most revolutionary thing I had read in my time at the seminary on what eternal life is. It comes from Pope Benedict. So, authoritative Pope. Here he goes. He says, Pope, Pope Benedict says, eternal life is not the endless succession of days. Right? That's what we think of, right? Just live forever. Right? But can you, like, even something you love, doing it forever, all of a sudden sounds boring, right? Like, I love cannolis. But like, you eat cold cannolis all day long. All right, I want something else. Yeah. If you like golfing, golfing all day long, you might be able to do that for a while, <laughs> longer than probably you think. And then you're like, all right, I need to do something else. It's not the endless succession of days. What is it? Pope Benedict says, it's the extreme moment of satisfaction. It's total satisfaction. It's total fulfillment of the deepest longings of the human heart. And so Jesus says, I know what you're looking for. Let me take you there. It's fulfillment. You know, a hot summer day, when you drink a Coke or a Pepsi or a Pop or soda, whatever you call it, you open it up and you take a sip and you say this, ah. something like that sound is in heaven. And I mean this seriously. Philosophically, it's called the analogy of being. Thomas Aquinas talks about it. This is literally little moments where we realize what fulfillment and refreshment and delight is like. 
is a little, little, little glimpse into what the eternal bliss of heaven and being in union with God is all about. At every Mass, we gather, and we gather to be filled. Jesus presupposes you're hungry. That's why he shows up as his body, blood, soul, and divinity as food. Right? And he comes here to first affirm your desires. He doesn't condemn the tax collector and the prostitute. He first affirms, I know you're in touch with something that you can't give yourself. You have longings for things you can't provide, and you keep trying and trying. The desire is good. The second thing he does is, now let me heal you and reorder you so that you can actually walk the path that leads to ultimate fulfillment known as eternal life. This is the good news we experience every week when we gather. This is why when we go out to our family members who may be addicts or friends who are struggling or anyone among here with pesky sins, this is why we have good news. We don't say, you're bad, gross, get your act together. No, we say, I too have longings and desires, but I know what you're looking for. Come and see. Come and meet the one who can set us free. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.